Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Today, we have Miss Lisa Gable. How are you doing today, Miss Lisa? I am doing fantastic, thank you. Well, that How is- How are you doing? Uh, I'm great, and that's a pleasure to hear. So first things first, what I need everyone to do out here is, I need you just to go look up this website, foodallergy.org. Go check it out, go see it, review it. If you have questions, you have thoughts, you have concerns, you just wanna say hi. I need you to email Miss Lisa at lgable at foodallergy.org. Also, we got something that I talked about a little bit earlier with Miss Gable about a nice book that you have going on. So do you mind just starting us off talking about that knowledge that you're trying to give everybody? Sure. I wrote a book during COVID. I didn't have anything else to do on weekends since I couldn't go anywhere. And it's coming out on October 15th. It's called Turnaround. And it basically uh, gives the history of how I've managed turnarounds in business, government, and philanthropy. Mm, I like it. I like it. Well, a little information that I got for you guys ready and prepared. If you want to know more about the book, I need you to go to turnaroundbook.com. All right. Turnaroundbook.com. But Let's flip gears. Let's switch to the fun stuff. Tell me about yourself, Miss Lisa. Who are you? Where you come from? What do you do? Just the fun details. Well, right now I am the CEO of FAIR, which is all that signage behind me. And that is the largest research entity that funds research for life-threatening food allergies and food intolerances, which affect one in four Americans. So it's a big problem. A lot of people out there probably have a food allergy or an intolerance. And so if you do, definitely contact us because we want to help you. Uh, But my background's different and varied. I have worked with the U.S. military, traveling to 52 military bases around the world, flying in helicopters over the DMZ in in Korea. I have worked uh, for four presidents and two governors, and I have worked for billionaires and CEOs, basically helping them with projects that were of great interest to them, that they knew would have great impact, but they required a turnaround. Wow. So... Sounds like you're just a peak performer. That's what it sounds like. You are at the, you are a pinnacle of success. That's what I'm hearing. Like that is. Well, I've been really lucky and I've had lots and lots of fun. Um, just led to one adventure, led to another. Uh, as you meet people, I've met the widest variety of people and it's been an amazing personal journey. So how do you develop like your peak performance each and every day with so much success? Because it sounds like you, like you said, this is a journey. So What's your process? Take me through what what do you do to prepare yourself? Sure. I'm very, very focused. 
I keep a tickler at the top of my calendar every day and I have everything loaded up there that I need to have for that day. And so I don't have to go searching around for the information and go, oh my God, I've got this meeting at three o'clock. Where's the stuff? Instead, my team and I keep me hyper, hyper organized. And I use a process called OKRs, which is um, management by objectives. And I learned that when I was working at Intel Corporation, that was my first job after I left the White House. And under Ronald Reagan. So it was a long time ago, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And what it taught me is that you stay very focused on jobs one, two, and three. Uh, those are your jobs for the year. They're big numbers that you want to hit. And everything you do has to circle back to accomplishing those objectives. And it really keeps you grounded so you don't go trailing off in lots of different directions. So, like, where did this start? Like, did you know you were going to do this? Like, what did you want to do when you were young? Well, when I was a little girl, and some people who've heard me speak before know this, I was fascinated by uh, military history, military weaponry. In fact, I had white go-go boots. I'm really, really tiny, but my entire bedroom was decorated with uh, sheets and um, towels and curtains that were all different military things. And I begged my father to take me to a lot of battlefields. And so here I was, I, I didn't even weigh a hundred pounds. And I was telling my mother that I was going to go do my degree and my master's degree in an area called national security studies. And it was 85% men. And all of those men were people that were working um, on basically getting a degree to go to the next level in their career. Lots of military men who wanted that first star as a general. And I was 21 years old. So I was working at the Pentagon during the day and I was going to school with all of these guys at nighttime and I was incredibly determined. So uh, I just want to ask, and I'm about to flip gears on you as a woman, how difficult was that to really be in a room with so many men that, you know, and I just, I'm just going to throw it out there. They, at the time, and I'm pretty much sure still today, they see it as you're inferior and you don't belong here. How did you press through that? I charmed the living daylights out of them. Look, what I knew, I mean, I really did. What I, a lot of time, my feet didn't touch the ground in those chairs because at that time back in the Pentagon, they had these really big chairs and there I am with my swinging feet. So I leaned into what was really the disparity that I had, which was my size. And I knew that you needed to speak with facts. And if you spoke with facts and you didn't speak all the time, you held your ammunition, you waited until that right moment, and then you gave your opinion and you backed it up with a lot of statistics and a lot of details, they kind of would turn around and look at me. And it really allowed me to learn how to control the room. And it was probably one of the biggest lessons that helped me build my career in what was a male-dominated environment because I left that uh, to go on to Silicon Valley. And when I was in Silicon Valley uh, working at Intel Corporation, it was, again, very much an old boys network dominated by men, lots of engineers. And so you needed to know your stuff and you needed to do your research before every single meeting. So what are some difficulties that you had, like, you know, trying to navigate through these different type of worlds throughout your like career or career? You know, I was, <laughs> yeah, my, my career, my never ending career. Um, yeah. You know, I started my career when I was 19. So I started very young uh, in the Reagan administration. Mm -hmm. And what I did to navigate is I learned how to network. And I built relationships with people and I kept those relationships. And so uh, I, I almost have this, this army of people I bring with me to everything that I do, because when I show up, it's not just me, it's a whole bunch of other people who know how to get stuff done. 
And so learning how to network, not having transactional relationships, but making sure that my relationships were real, that it was a give and take process, that I checked in with people, that I found them opportunities to go and do things, that creates this just amazing loyalty. And so if you're not out there just advocating for yourself, but you're advocating for your team and you have a personal team that you've built through your entire life, it just it provides so much strength and it also provides protection because people are going to defend you when others may not be uh, treating you the way that they should. Hmm. So what are some successes that you have experienced and what was like one of the greatest moments for you overall? Well, I was named as U.S. ambassador to the World's Fair when I was 40 years old. My daughter was six years old (laughs) and I'm the only woman that's held that position in 175 years. And the World's Fair, U.S. participation in the World's Fair, there's this book called Tale in a White City, and it's about the Chicago World's Fair, and it talks about how expensive it is and how there's always financial overruns, and it goes into debt, and people have a boatload of fun, but there's basically a lot of debt after the event, which is bad for governments in the host country and for the countries that are participating. And I was fortunate enough to produce the only World's Fair that ended up on budget, And I was very proud of that because I was the only woman, the only mom, the only woman that was an ambassador out of 200 countries, the only mom with a young child. I had a six-year-old with me and all these other guys were basically individuals who'd been ambassadors to different countries and they were at the end of their career. So this was a fun thing for them to do. And we delivered on budget and we ended up getting a lot of attention. I would have like Saudi princes would drop by, the president of New Zealand dropped by. Everybody kept coming by to see me and going, okay, how are you doing this? How are you paying for it? And what we did is we designed the entire operation like a business, making sure that we took care of our customers and the people who came through the show, but also making sure that we had another aspect of our work, which was around economic development. Hmm. So I want to kind of switch gears, right? And I want to ask you about the mental side. I want to really like hone in on with so much success that you have and you doing so much and like... (laughs) making sure that you're able to progress through. I know for a lot of women, they go through imposter syndrome and it's like, you know, not feeling as if you belong for viewers that don't know what that is. So how and what did you do to make sure that you overcome maybe thoughts or inclinations of it, or did you ever have it? Or like, what was your tools mentally to make sure you prepared yourself each and every day facing these huge tasks, apparently that you had on your plate? You know, again, it's 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 developing a sense of confidence. And um, I never had the imposter syndrome. I did go through situations where the world that I was told I was entering um, wasn't as good a shape as they thought that it was. And so I've had to sort of backtrack and spend a great deal of time. And I would say patience and a methodical process always helped me get through it. But one thing I I did in one particular turnaround is the chairman of the board and I would have this five o'clock at night, oh my God call. And that was really so incredibly helpful. And in fact, I've offered it to other people who've come to work for me because you're very professional throughout the day. You're getting your work done. You're making hard decisions, but everybody needs an opportunity to vent. And so the chairman, who is a former Wall Street trader type, said, just call me at five o'clock. We can have, you know, we'll be in the cone of silence and you can say whatever you want to. And it was and it was really relaxing because I had somebody to bounce things off of. And then I could have that moment where I go, oh, my God, you won't believe what I found out today. I like that. 
<laughs> I really like that. I really like that. So what would you say is your favorite then out of everything that you've done? Like where is your, where would you say in time is the favorite place? If you could do it all over again, you would. I mean, you know, working for Ronald Reagan at the White House was pretty much the preeminent opportunity. But what I'm doing here at FAIR and helping families with this very complex disease, which is uh, life-threatening food allergies and the impact that it has on their children, you know, and being ambassador to the World's Fair, it's like being ambassador to Disney World. So each different experience has brought this incredible level of satisfaction, but I have worked with the nicest people. I really have. The families that I work with today are just incredibly nice, close families, really solid marriages. Parents and kids are very close to each other. And so you want to help them. You want to make sure that we fight for them. And that gives me a lot of satisfaction because I'm definitely a warrior. And so I like to fight for people. Mm, I love it. So what really attracted you to FAIR? Like, how did you guys get this, you know, nice relationship going? What's funny about it is I was recruited back in 2012 for this job and I was doing something else. I said, I can't take it. 14 months later, I get a call from another headhunter and they're describing this job. I'm like, God, I think I just heard about this. And they're like, yeah, the last thing didn't work out. So we're looking for somebody else. And so when um, I couldn't take it in 2014. And so in 2018, I was in between things and I got a call and I'm like, okay, it's like God's calling me. I've got to, I got to go in for the interview. Um, but when I walked into the room and I met the search committee, which were the donors who were also on the board of directors and they were making the selection, I liked them so much. And I have turned down so many jobs when I didn't really feel that that click with the search committee. And so for me, I could, you know, I've, I've gone into situations. I'm like, you know, it's just not there with this group of people. I walked in the door and they were so warm and they were so thoughtful. And you could tell that just on a personality basis that we we got along so well. And I just have the incredible utmost respect for those individuals who are now on my board. Hmm. Well, Ms. Lisa, I will have one more question for you. One more. Tell me more about Turnaround, Turnaround Book. Tell me a little bit more about that. I, I just want to know for myself and also so my audience can know a little bit more. Well, basically what it takes you through is um, how to use my manufacturing discipline that I learned when I was at Intel Corporation. And I've woven that through the art of diplomacy that I learned as an ambassador. And we take people through really analyzing what's going on, auditing what's going on, visualizing the future, creating your path from present to future, and then executing with speed, agility, and confidence, but most importantly with heart. Because when you go through a turnaround, an organization's not working as well as it could, and that impacts people. And you always have to keep those people front and center. It's important to someone. It's important to the donor. It's important, in my case, to the patient. It was important to the president of the United States that we took care of our, our ally, Japan. So that's those are those lessons that I bring forward. And I think as we, we entered after the pandemic, the things that I'm laying out, ways that you can leverage my life experience and that manufacturing discipline, hopefully it's going to be a pretty popular book. I like it. I like it. So what I need you guys to do is I need you to go check out turnaroundbook.com. Also, foodallergy.org. And then, I mean, if you have an oh my gosh moment or you just want to say hi to Miss Lisa or let's say you have questions about the book, the website, anything that you have, contact her, L 
gable at foodallergy.org. I appreciate your time, Ms. Lisa. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you. Christopher Dedan here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day. Thank you.